0: Andrew, dude, what's what's wrong? Oh man, I just I had the worst weekend, man. Dude, what happened? So the cops come out No. to my house. Yeah. Them, uh, animal control, they come out as well. Oh man. Uh just bad dude. They picked up my dog. Yeah. He had unpaid barking tickets. Really? <laughs> Roll the <laughs> intro music. This is my, world this is my invitation. Hey guys, welcome back to Project Unified. You know, I thought that joke was gonna. Last week's was way better. Why no? I think I think the funniest part
1: was your look after I didn't laugh, and that's what caused me to laugh.
0: Well, like I didn't get no reaction. Usually, you tell me, "Oh, that's stupid," or yeah. You just got the look of just.
1: I think it was that like cringe that it was just
0: like enough to just pause me that that was a serious dad joke for sure <laughs> yeah I mean Mark McGuire didn't only hit home runs you know sometimes he had to hit a single <laughs> you know sometimes he had to he had to throw the button yeah. or he got struck out or he got struck out you know sometimes I'll strike out it ha- it happens. <laughs> But all right, guys. Hey, welcome back to Project Unify. I am your host Andrew. With me is Christian Sides. Christian Sides. It's not the Christian Sides this week. Nah, I somebody, must myself. Have, somebody must have knocked him off that pedestal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, guys, we're uh, we're coming to you tonight. We're gonna start our new series, The Church. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, uh, we're gonna look at. I mean, so many different things of the church uh, tonight. We really just wanna. Kind of go over, give you an intro of it. Uh, my my hope for this is by the time we get done with this series, people have a, a very clear idea of what the church is, what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people have a misconception about what the church is. You know, and that's why uh, people will tell you, "Oh, I'm Christian, but I refuse to go to church." you know, that's how I was, you know, part of my testimony in episode one was like, I refused to go to church. It's because I didn't understand what the church actually was. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to start tonight. I've got some statistics for Christian and Marshall. Uh, and we're going to look at the decline of the church. Now, I anybody that knows me knows I'm an advocate of wanting to know why the church has declined over the past decade. Uh, I, I, re- I relate it to the decade because when I started youth ministry about 10 years ago, the church was flourishing as a whole. You know, people were still going to church as a family. Well, not so much nowadays, you know, and my goal is to investigate and get to the bottom of why and how we can flip things. Um, I think one thing that's going to be awesome about this series
1: that we're starting is that we're going to bring in uh, a few guests um some a pastor um some people in children's ministry and uh hopefully someone in church media and give us just a uh i guess application on how we can apply um what you're going to hear in the next few weeks uh to your sunday uh to your wednesday and even not even sunday wednesday but to the whole entire week yeah um and so that's something i'm really excited about um, as we dive into this new series i'm
0: i'm hoping that this Teaches people not just to go to church, but to be, be involved. Yeah, yeah. To because you know if your church is having problems or you're not happy at your church, uh, definitely take a look inward. See if there's something you know. Like I like to tell Ashley a lot. Uh, I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. You know, uh, so I think I'm hoping once we discuss these things and and really dig into it, that people might be able to identify, oh, well, you know, my church is really hurting in this, in this ministry. Maybe I could go and do that. You know, now if you don't like kids, I'm not asking you to go be a part of the children's ministry. You know, uh, like Ashley, she does toddler church. I did it one week and I told her, don't ever ask me (laughs) to do it again. I, toddlers are not my thing. Uh, I didn't, Didn't even really like my kids that much at that age. Uh, I'm just joking. I love my kids. (laughs) But, all right, guys. So, tonight we're just going to go over some statistics of the church. uh, Some that I thought were actually quite humorous. Uh, Mostly shocking. Yes. And that's why I thought they were humorous because I didn't realize the church was really doing this bad as a whole. Um, And, of course, full disclaimer, when we talk about the church declining we're talking about it as a whole so don't don't get offended if you think we're singling out your church because there are still many churches that that are flourishing in this time yeah uh you know me and christian went over a couple uh you know not to to brag or anything but my church is doing very well right now um as a matter of fact christian was talking about uh bringing in a pastor we're actually going to be bringing in my pastor the one i work for uh my boss uh pastor brooks monk next week and uh, we'll, we'll get to Ariel and talk about how much he regrets hiring me as, <laughs> as the youth guy. Uh, but, all right, so we're going to jump right in. Uh, I want to start with this one. It's not first on my list, but it was first to my attention. So we're going to start with, check this out, Marshall. A survey says out of 100 active, and I'm doing the subquote things with my fingers, 100 active Christians, 52% of them, go to more than three services a month. So, realistically, out of 100 people, 52 of them go to more than three services a month. Now, you're probably sitting there listening and thinking, well, that's that's not bad, you know? But if you think about it on a grand scale, a church on a four-week month has 12 services. And an active Christian is referring is referred to going to three services a a month. Not three services a week, but three services a month. It's crazy. That was shocking to me. Like, that almost broke my heart.
1: This This church is supposed to be a place that Christians, even unbelievers, can come to and just say, this is a house of worship. This is where I come. This is where I really come to meet uh, not really meet God because you can be with God anywhere because if you're saved, you have the Christ living in you, but or the spirit living in you, but coming to church is such a vital part. I feel like to the believer that brings so much peace, so much hope can be found, uh, not in the people, but as a congregation worshiping our Lord, worshiping our savior, I I it's startling to me to think that so many quote unquote active Christians don't find that sense of hope yeah. coming as a congregation in congregation congregation mm-hmm. and worshiping our
0: Savior. We'll fix that in post, <laughs> please. <laughs> he messed up a big word. <laughs> Actually, we'll probably just leave that in. I just wanted to always say it. we'll fix that in post. But no, I I agree. Uh, you know. One thing I've always said about church, or not always, but since I've been back in church the last decade, um, church is not. And and you know, just in case you guys were wondering, listening, let me let me clarify something for everybody that that has any kind of debate over what church is. Church is not a house for the saints; it's a refuge for the sinners. Yeah, I've heard it's uh, a hospital. Yes. That's what we can relate it to. Yes with, with God in general. Okay. And, and this, I feel like this deters a lot of people from coming to God because they feel like they need to get right before they come to God. God does not tell you to get right. And then come seek me. He says, seek me and you will get right. You know? So with the church, it's not something that we do when we're on highs, you need to be in church, whether you're on a high or on a low. You need to be turning to God regardless. And I know a lot of people will say, well, I don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. You don't. But it helps. Tell me one situation where where you're around like-minded believers for the right reason. You know, now, of course, there are bad fruits out there on the tree. You know, uh, but just a good God-led church how can you go to a, a truly God led church with like-minded believers and not come out of their feeling closer to God? You know? Yeah. Like it's a humbling experience. It really, it should be every time. Um, all right. So like I said, so, uh, out of a hundred active Christians, 52 of them go to more than three services a month. Of course, the flip of that is 48% go to three or less. Right. And this is, Active Christians. I'm not talking about people who just believe. These are considered active Christians. Right? So, uh, to follow that up, out of that 100%, only 63 of them believe that practices, uh, prayer, Bible study, uh, involvement in Sunday school, stuff like that, those acts of practice are essential to growing spiritually. How much? Sixty-three percent. I can't even say it with a straight face. Sixty-three percent of active Christians—only sixty-three percent of them—believe that reading your Bible and praying are essential to growing spiritually. It's crazy. Shouldn't that be like a hundred percent?
1: Well, yeah, because as Christians, we believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, and if we're truly seeking god Mm -hmm. we should probably want to read his word because his word tells us more about him so for me for like me to hear that is saying that 63 percent of people aren't hearing from god yeah and that is so mind-boggling to me thinking that i mean i did grow up with the in a home that we read the bible and um grew up with Really devotion's being pressed, not really pressed, but yeah. my dad's telling me the importance of reading scripture, and so I know that most people don't grow up in that, and that that's awesome, yeah, but
0: even that you like it's well you know, growing up in in a Christian home, it helps, right. But what this is saying is, so essentially 63% out of 100 would be 63 people. Right? Yeah. So you're saying 37 people believe that you don't need to read your Bible or pray to grow spiritually. Yeah. That's, it's, And especially with with the decline of the church. Like if you're not going to church and you're one of these 37 people, what are you doing? Yeah. Because, and, and listen... Most people, the only time they read their Bibles or, or do anything spiritually is when they go to church. Yeah. You know? Uh, most people learn the Bible from going to church. That's fine. That's... I understand. That may be filling you up spiritually. That's between you and God, you know? But for 37 active Christians to say that prayer and, and reading your Bible and, and attending church and fellowshipping with Christians are not essential... I would love to know what they view essential as. Yeah, you know what's essential to them. Hmm. If, if that's not it. Yeah. You know, uh, I just it, it that like I said that wasn't first on my list, but that was first on my attention because I was yeah. like, those numbers should be really higher. I think up so. There. Yeah. Like, all right. So, uh, going into with the the attendance of church, uh, this this statistic is. Labeled regular attendance is less how churches and this may be the problem right here. Okay. Cause this puts it on the churches, how churches define regular attendance has changed in the last few decades. Active member used to be defined as one who attended at least three times a week. So realistically Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, right? Now that number is three times a month or less. So now they're essentially saying, uh, you know, this is the church as a whole. It may not be your church. It may be somebody else's church, uh, that an active member is one that comes three times a month, three Sundays a month, right? Sunday morning, I would assume, or, uh, Wednesday night, you know, uh, but that's, that's crazy. You know, uh, up in like the Washington area where you're one, hopefully, gonna be doing full-time ministry when you get done or that's still the plan i assume yeah you know i was told that a lot of the churches up there will go through like if their members have missed like two weeks they'll go through and call them yeah and if like if they don't hear from them they start taking them off the roll
1: i was talking to a pastor from up there
0: um and he said
1: that keeping that growing a church is so hard because so many people are moving out of washington Mm mm-hmm but there's so many people also moving in. yeah. And so he was saying that there's not really any growth. It's just new people coming in, old people coming out. Because yeah. a lot of them are moving out of Washington to go to uh, somewhere else without rain, probably. Uh, or cheaper coming expenses. Coming down to Texas where all the work is. <laughs> or cheaper expenses, yeah. Yeah. And so, But there's also so many more people moving up there. Yeah. And so
0: he was just talking Mainly about... Mainly uh, uh, coffee-loving hipsters, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But for those yeah. of y'all don't know, Christian works at Starbucks, he drinks coffee, he's a bit of a hipster. Just a, just a tad, probably. But yeah, it is,
1: it is church growth up there is a lot different than church growth, let's say in Texas. Yes. Because in Texas, you have a lot of people that have grown up and then stay in a city. Yeah. Um, like a lot of people that I knew that when everyone's went to Cleburne, they still live in Cleburne. But like... People in Washington, they graduate from, they go to college somewhere else, either graduate or they go to college in Washington and then leave. And so, for people to, I guess, there's so many people moving out. That's what i I guess, that's what I'm trying to say. There's so many people moving out. So the church growth is so hard to keep. Yeah. But there's
0: also more people moving in, which is bringing new it's families. Like, yeah, it's a constant cycle. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. In, yeah. Cycling in, cycling out. Yeah. Like membership's not long term there, but they're constantly getting. New members, so it's like the the role the number is staying about the same. Yeah, may, it may increase some months, it may decrease some months, but it's staying relatively the same because you have the old people coming out, but new people taking their place. Yeah, you know, and and the church should be like that. You know, uh, the older people who you know I, I hate to say it die off, and the younger people should be taking their place, and that's why you know I was talking about a couple weeks ago about telling teens that they're the church of tomorrow instead of informing them that they're the church today. Yeah. You know, because there's no telling when they'll get called up, you know, their generations coming up faster than we know it. It's true. They need to know that they're the church today, that they can make an impact today. Yeah. You know, uh, you ready for the next statistic? I don't know if I am actually, but let's hear it. This one, this one got me too. uh, this one is titled no connection to faith. Okay. Uh, so, the same study from the above shows that 20% of adults attending services monthly or more, right? So, it's at least one service a month, if not more, you know, just to hit a happy medium. Let's say the three three services a month guy, right? Uh, 20% of them say they don't feel any real connection to God during church. Except... <laughs> Twenty. All right. So we'll hypothetically, out of a hundred people, you you have a hundred person congregation that comes three times a month. Apparently, hold three services, take a week off. Uh, Twenty of those people don't feel a connection to God during church. Now you had asked me, uh, and I'm going to pose the question back to you now, because you done messed up when you asked me before we started recording. <laughs> Who does that fall on? Your answer. Um
1: was, on the church as a whole, uh was that was that right? Yes. Okay, and I I agree. I think that the whole I wouldn't say experience.
0: Now we're not talking, or I wasn't, I wasn't talking about the global church. Yes, as a the whole. local church as a the whole. local church yes. as a whole, like your personal church as a whole. If yeah, this is your your church uh that's going through these problems. It's your church, your local church as a whole. Yeah, so I, would, I wouldn't say that
1: it's like an experience, you know, but also whenever you come in to church, you should just feel a weight taken off. Yes. It's a place to come for the broken. It's a place to come, like we were talking about earlier, it's a refuge. Yeah. It's a hospital for the weak. Um, and so whenever we come to church, as we hear God's word being spoken, it's something that should like honestly, we should be. I guess the Holy Spirit, as it's we're learning more about God, we should be convicting our hearts daily, yeah, even hourly of our sin, and constantly, as we feed, as we feed on God's word, and as we commune with God, it should be a daily thing that we feel absolutely. And so I would put on the church, but also put it on the person that doesn't feel the experience of feeling God. Yeah. Is that what, is that what the question was?
0: uh, Don't feel a real connection to God.
1: Yeah. And so like, honestly, if you don't feel a connection to God while you're worshiping your savior, while you're hearing God's word being spoken, I mean, you a self checkup. Yeah.
0: Uh, or, or uh, there's a Christian comedian, John Christ. Oh, yeah. He says, uh, check your heart. Yeah. You definitely need to check your heart. For sure. Because, all right, like I understand. Sometimes you get in a situation at a church where, uh, you know, maybe you don't feel the connection to the pastor. You may not get much out of his sermons. Uh, that goes along with, you know, stagnant pastors will lead to stagnant churches. Yeah. You know, I I understand that. But at the same time, you've got to check within yourself why am I here? Yeah. Are you here because like a lot of people, they may come to church because they feel obligated to come to church. Well then you're not coming to church for the right reasons. Yeah. And
1: then on the flip side, like we talked about a few weeks ago, people come to church to be entertained. That's yes. also the wrong reason. Yeah.
0: Or or to hold up uh like a like the status quo, like, you know, uh social status. Yeah, they take they a they picture in front church. of the like Poster yeah. or whatever, and be like, hey, went to hashtag church. You yeah, know? hashtag feeling God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hashtag hanging with Jesus. He's my homeboy. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you're not coming to church for the right reason. And I don't know if I remember saying this a few weeks or not, but uh, a pastor friend of mine once told me that, you know, Satan doesn't care if you go to church as long as you go to the church the way he wants you to. And at that point, you're going to church for the wrong reasons. If you're not there to humbly. Submit to learn, to fellowship, to worship. Then what do you like? What's the purpose of the church after that? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, you know, some people may come once a month just to to be able to. I mean, and hypothetically, to use it for its essentials. You know, uh, they may show face at the church every once in a while in case they need help financially down the road or something like that you know like at that point you're not coming to church for the right reason yeah you know and and stuff like that hinders the growth of the church hence why and and you have a lot of people the entertainment factor they're jumping ships so much and then finally they're just getting burnt out and they're saying well i don't need to go to church yeah you know especially with the the big you know feel-good churches as i like to call them not going to label any you know independently but with them having such an experience online on facebook you know you get a concert and a a inspirational message all in one thing and you don't even gotta leave your couch that's That's what a lot of people are turning to yeah
1: and i think you had a stat on that one right i think we talked about it two weeks ago it me and Andrew both agree that we are not the biggest fan of live stream services. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but go ahead and read that step for
0: okay. you. So, uh, this, this one is labeled Attendance Continues to Fall, right? Pro Church Tools also uncovered a sobering statistic. Attendance in 2050, right? So, we're in 2020. We're talking about when I am 62 years old. 30 years down the road, I'm 32, 62, right? Uh, Attendance in 2050 could be as much as half of what it was in 1990. Now, me and Christian were kind of talking about it. I feel like, uh, just to sum that up, uh, but consider, it says, but consider the move towards digital. You could easily see a rise in online attendance. Now, here's the problem with that. Okay. As far as tithing, now people, people think churches are businesses, like we're selling a product, right? And a lot of people who are against church who try and say, well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, right? We talked about that. They, they will go on and say, well, the church is just trying to sell you something, right? we're not selling anything. We're technically a nonprofit organization. Yeah. Like I'm saying this from experience. I work for a church. We essentially pay to keep the doors open. The only one that really makes money off a church is the staff members. And it's because they're paid to be, to do a service. You know, our jobs do not entail just Sundays and Wednesdays. Like I'm here throughout the week. We have ministries that we do. Uh, we do uh, funeral services. You know, one night or one day, I went out uh, all the way to Burleson, which is about, for you guys who are listening, not in the area, twenty like 25, 25. minutes away from where I work, right? So I went all the way from Burleson one day, because I do, I do a ministry called the widow's ministry, right? Here at the church, if a widow calls in and she needs, like, minor repairs done, we'll either send out a guy or... One of us will take it, and we'll go and do the minor repairs for him. Well, I had a lady call in, and she needed a mailbox put in. Well, I went all the way out there just to assess the situation, drove all the way back to Cleburne, all the way to Rio, called Marshall, had him meet me in, no, I come and picked him up in Cleburne, then went all the way back to Burleson to put in a mailbox. So at this point, I'm looking at an 11-hour day, part of my job yeah right so anybody who makes quote unquote makes money off the church it's because we're doing a service it is a job yeah it's a job running operating a church is a job yeah this i mean it's much like a car if you don't have the oil running through it, slicking the gears and i'm not a car guy so i'm not gonna butcher that (laughs) uh but the car is gonna eventually blow up and it's not gonna be it's gonna be useless it's much like the church yeah. God put it in place, but he also put people in place to oversee the church. Yeah. So I
1: got a stat. Okay. Um, so this one is actually pretty crazy. So during the Great Depression, Americans gave 3.3% of their income to the church. During the Great Depression.
0: That's understandable.
1: Today, Americans only give 2.5% of their income.
0: That's sad. That's so
1: during sad. Like, the greatest economic drought of American history... Not even counting COVID. Yeah. I mean, actually, I've heard a lot of churches been doing really well during COVID, which is awesome. Which props to everyone. That's amazing. But let's just say, uh, I don't remember when this was posted. I would say, I know
0: my stats are from 2019. So that was pre-COVID. So
1: 2019. So yeah, we're probably going to say pre-COVID. Okay. But...
0: Still, though, that's...
1: Sad. Yeah. 2.5%. But compared to the great depression is 3.3 Yeah, which is insane
0: yeah i i mean you know and and that's another thing with tithing you know i'd ask you about that uh you know when it comes to tithing of the church because what people need to realize is the church that's how it stays afloat is tithing we don't get government grants we don't get stuff like that because we're a nonprofit and we're a religious organization. The whole separation of church and state, we don't get government grants it's like if we if we apply for like loans to expand, I'm paying that we off. can't we, it's got to be pers- like business loans. yeah so um, I, so
1: there's a pastor that said, um, tithing honors a biblical principle, one that the Old Testament explained that Jesus endorsed and the early church practiced. not let tithing be the finish line. But rather the starting block. Yeah. Which is so true. It's so like I know a lot of people say giving instead of tithing. I mean, same thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Old Testament and Malachi, Micah or Malachi, one of those two, um, explained tithing. And then Jesus did endorse it. He mm-hmm. was talking about uh, giving your flocks, giving everything that you have. And then the early church practiced it. And so it's something that we should definitely be doing as a a Christian. Part of a local church should definitely be practicing. And I mean, looking at the stats, it's hard to see what's, how many people are actually giving, but that it is something that definitely needs to be practiced in the local church level.
0: Yeah. I think I read a stat, uh, I think I was talking to you about it, uh, where it showed that, Twenty five percent, only twenty five percent of active churchgoers tithe regularly. Yeah, and you know whatever that that regular is, you know, like me and Ashley, we both get direct deposit. As soon as our money's in our bank, that's the first. She wakes up. She wakes up super early, anyways. Right, but like at three thirty in the morning. Uh, cuz our church does online giving too. Yeah, as much as I hate on, uh, online services, I online love giving. online <laughs> <Yeah>. giving. <laughs> yes. And and the, listen, that that is where the church has to to update itself. Because yeah. you know, so you, many people get direct deposit yes. now. Well, that and you know, like back in the 90s, uh, checks were a big deal. No, that's true. Our our generation doesn't do checks. I just opened up a new bank account today, and they were like, do you want checks? And I was like, no. <laughs> What's a check? What are these checks you speak of? I remember I had to like write uh, a check. That was part of my math
1: class like yeah. back in high school or middle school. I don't no, remember. T- so yeah, I we had, had to do check. that, too. And uh, we were doing that in third grade. I was like, I don't even know what this thing is. I, I don't still don't even remember how to write a check. I just know how to sign the back of it and no.
0: cash it. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah. Deposit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so, Andrew, I'm talking about writing personal checks. Yeah. But uh, – our generation doesn't do that. Yeah, our generation doesn't really keep cash on us. I have
1: two dollars, and this is the first time I've carried cash probably in around nine months.
0: I have seven dollars, <laughs> right? And that's because I told you guys about the incident that happened to me today. Yeah. Well, my debit card didn't work, so I had to get cash. So the only reason I, I have, have cash $7. right now is because I
1: was going to go to Chicken Expressing a Dr Pepper, but then I was go. like, "Dude, I should just drink water." But that was a
0: Starbucks. I
1: keep a $10 bill in my wallet just in case something happens. That, that's I've always idea. got that.
0: Yeah. Well, I used, to, I used to do that. Keep like a 20 on me at all times. Yeah, just I did and, that once and I spent it. Yeah. So, yeah. See, that's that's what I found out too. I was like, but anyways. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I think I think the online service could help and hinder yeah. the church. It depends on how much of your focus is put on the live stream. Yeah. You know, like during COVID everybody turned to it Yeah, because we had to keep God's word getting out. But now the, you know, I don't know what your state is, but like our state is up to 75% capacity. Again, churches are open. Sunday schools are back. Stuff like that. Live stream should not be your main focus anymore. You know, like we still do it for the elders of our church that can't make it to church, right? But live stream should not be the main focus. But online giving, that's a blessing from God. It is. (laughs) Uh, Andrew, so this has been a pretty uh,
1: sad, I guess, starting to the episode because of all the stats that we have. Uh, But this is just a starting block. Um, Positivity is coming your way. Absolutely. So, Andrew... How can we as the church and as Christians in our local church, how can we, I guess, have this mindset that we are the church instead of think of the building as a church? So how do no. we, I guess, impact our church in a way that the Bible, I guess, commands us to?
0: You ready for my one-word answer? Yes. Always.
1: Involvement. 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 Write it down, people. Involvement.
0: Involvement. Listen, the church is not a building. It's true. The church has a building. God has a, a house, but we are the church. Yes. If Let's just put it this way. If your church burned down tomorrow and the insurance company said it's going to take four months to rebuild this building, do you call it quits for four months? No, you find out who has the biggest backyard, and you do an outside revival for four months. (laughs) There you go. Unless you're in Texas in the middle of July. Then you try to just drive in. Then, no, then you have a Hurricane Harbor service. (laughs) Where you tell everybody get in the lazy river. No, well, yeah. But anyways, involvement. Get involved. Listen, if your church is declining, if your church is hitting a rough patch, if your church is plateaued, get involved. Exactly. Be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. The worst thing you can do is sit back and look around and be like, well, this is all because of so-and-so. Or, you know, a lot of times it gets, like I was talking about, the quarterback of the team. It gets thrown on the pastor. Well, the church is declining because the pastor, blah, blah, blah. No. Look back and instead of trying to throw fingers at who it's on, say, you know what? Our church is really hurting. Go ask the pastor. Pastor, listen. I just need to know where do we need help? I want to be a blessing to God. I want to be a blessing to this church. I want to be a blessing to you. Yeah. Tell me where I can help. Don't mm. say, well, I'll help, but I'm, I'm only going to do this or I'm only going to do that. No, don't put stipulations on God's work. Yeah. It, it, God, God's not putting stipulations on us. We shouldn't put stipulations on his work. Well, wow. get out there and just help. Yeah. You know, like I told Brother Monk, you know, uh, Alan Hatch was here last week, and, you know, I've, I've met him a few times, and I guess he didn't remember the last time he met me. And uh, he asked me, he said, Are you on staff here? And I said, Yes, sir. And he goes, Well, what do you do? And I looked at Brother Monk, and he said, Well, if you got to look at him, I was like, Well, I was like, I'm predominantly youth. I said, But I do other things for the church as well. He was like, Okay. And I told him, I said, You know, My ministry here is just to do whatever's asked of me. If if Brother Monk comes to me and asks me to go sweep the far parking lot, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab a broom and I'm going to sweat and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to sweep that parking lot. That's what you need to do as a church. If your church is declining, the best thing to do is pray for your church, get involved in your church, help your church.
1: Important note, even if it's not declining, still get involved. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, full, full disclaimer, even if it's doing well, like every church, and I don't care if you're flourishing or not, every church has that one area that everybody sees and they're like, well, they don't care about this part or, or you know, complains about or there's a issue with somewhere in the mix. Have you ever stopped to think that if you're noticing that issue, that could possibly be God calling you to that issue hmm. saying, hey, I'm showing you what I want you to do. You know, like when I helped with the teens that, that one time at, at my in-laws house, there wasn't a problem. Your your dad ran a well-oiled youth group, but for it to be so out of the ordinary of what my Saturday nights looked like, I saw that is why, why am I constantly thinking about this? Like God's calling me to this. So if you have a problem with something, maybe that's God calling you to be an answer to to the problem, yeah, you know, you could be the change in that. It's good, you know, and and pray about it. Don't don't just you know you see an area and you're like, well, Andrew and Christian said that if there's a problem, I should just <laughs> jump into it. No, pray about it. Talk to God about it. If God's showing you something, He obviously wants to talk to you about it. You you we have to understand that that God still speaks to us. It may not be in, in forms as direct as Jesus spoke to Paul or or Jesus talking to the disciples. It may not be as clear as day as that or yeah. or uh, God talking to Isaiah or anything like that. But God still talks to us. Yeah. God still speaks to us on a daily basis. Listen to God. Talk to God about it. Converse with God. <laughs> like it's It still blows my mind that we feel like we can't just talk to God. Yeah. You know, like he's that busy, you know, he don't have an answer machine. Talk to him. He'll, he'll give you your answer just because it ain't instantly doesn't mean he's not listening. It's true. Help your church, love your church. We're going to look at tons of great things about the church. I wanted to start because like I said, I'm very, very, very passionate about figuring out why the church as a whole has declined over the years and it's, it's, You know, some regions are worse than others. Some are better than others. Uh, But as a whole, the dynamic of the church, and when I say the decline of the church, uh, it may not necessarily be membership. Your membership could be holding strong, but you could be in a stagnant church where it's just getting by. Yeah. Whether that's financially, whether that's ministry-wise. I want us to, to see the decline of the church because I feel like we're going to be the revival of it. We are the body of it. We're, we are a working function of the church. It's not going to get better. It's not going to heal without rehab. When you go to physical therapy, you have to work that muscle. You have to work that bone. You have to work that appendage to get it stronger, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't, what happens? Atrophy sets in, and then you can't use it anymore. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. Right. Like if, if we don't use the church anymore, the church will atrophy and the church is going to be useless. Right. So we have to get out there and we have to do physical therapy on the church. That's what's happening right now. Our, our, our bone is bruised or our body is bruised right now. We've got to get out there. We've got to see this revival and we've got to get out there and we've got to, we've got to do physical therapy We've got to have revival. That's why I'm so passionate on the decline of the church. Hmm. It's not because I want to show people uh, the wrongs of the church. No, I want us to see it as a whole so we can fix it. But with that being said, we see a lot of positives of the church. Next week, we're going to look at it. We are going to have our first guest. Like I said, Brother Brooks Monk, he is the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Cleburne, he also happens to be my boss uh, so I'm it's gonna be great I'm excited I know I, I was talking to him today he was like now you aren't gonna hit me with a aha gotcha question I was like no I said we'll go over a content meeting then I'll I'll talk to you about what we're gonna talk about you know to give them an idea but uh I'm excited about that guys uh, so tune in with us next week you got anything else Christian I don't think so I no, think right. I think
1: uh, we I think the first part of it was hard, but it was definitely needed. Yes. Um, because we have to point out the problems. Because Can't fix it
0: if you don't know if it's a problem,
1: yeah. And so, as I mean, we didn't enjoy it. Like whenever we talked before about these stats, like we were shocked. Like these these aren't fun to talk about. No, it it hurt. to read that we gave more in the Great Depression than we gave now. That's that's hard even fathom but as we go through the next few weeks as we bring in the guest and view and see the church and how we as christians need to um work in the church how Mm -hmm. we need to support our pastor how we need to uh be the church yeah i think this whole thing is going to come together beautifully and as we see biblically what the church is it's just going to blossom into something great and i believe just like you do that revival is coming uh i think it is it's it's awesome to think about like i'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it but revival is coming i believe it and so as we uh go through what the church is i think um we're definitely going to look back at the problems and then look forward to the blessings and just see how awesome our God is and how God's gonna work through his church, through his Absolutely. bride, and just do things that we can't even fathom. Absolutely. And so that's what I'm excited about. So next week, Pastor Brooks Monk. Yes. Uh Andrew's boss. Yeah. Um, super excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I'm a little
0: nervous. <laughs> <laughs> a little nervous. I, th- I think you'll be all right. But uh, no, uh yeah, man. I'm just excited about this series because it's gonna bring people an idea of the church from people of the church it's not just me and you now yeah they get to hear voices from other people you know especially of course my church and then i've got another guest that we're going to be bringing on uh that doesn't go to either one of our churches yeah so we get a completely outside view two Uh,
1: people like that coming in
0: yeah uh marshall actually he's got a pastor friend that has agreed to come on as well so sweet we've got all sorts of people coming up so i'm excited but guys listen we love you uh go check us out on facebook on instagram on twitter uh our page as well if you just go to the facebook page it's got all those things linked to it uh if you have any questions feel free to ask um
1: we'll probably do a QA uh, session uh uh probably after this series hopefully yeah. and so if you have any questions about we talked about the first couple the first few weeks if you have any questions about this upcoming series yeah. even after the series is over if you have any questions about it let us know yeah. we're going to do A. Q&A, uh probably a short time after the series is over so super excited to hear
0: from you yeah. uh andrew all right man uh just a couple quick shout outs other than us Um. Uh, I want to shout out again to Revenant Worship. They do our intro and outro song. Uh, they were so gracious to, to let us use that for free, uh, just out of the kindness of their hearts. So if you haven't listened to them, please do. Uh, they're on Spotify, Apple, uh, Facebook. They have all sorts of social media. Um, them, as well as, again, I want to say thank you to Billy Barfield. He's kind of our sound sound guy guru who answers all questions that me and marshall have uh as well as amanda turner who did uh graphic designing for us as well as our my pastor my boss brooks monk his wife betty monk has done uh some graphic design for us as well but other than that guys we love you we'll see you next week bye peace